Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, heroes have to make some tough decisions. I dig into the big ideas of Hawkeye episode 6, so this is Christmas. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support the show by purchasing There Was an Idea merchandise from Spring. Link is in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am here to talk about the big ideas of Hawkeye Episode 6. So this is Christmas, the finale of what might be Season 1 of Hawkeye, what might be the entirety of the series of Hawkeye, we do not yet know. But either way, I'm very excited to talk about this episode here today. And then coming up in a couple of weeks, I am going to be releasing a series retrospective episode reflecting on the entirety of the run of the series, which has been quite a holiday season ride. We are approaching the end of 2021, and while my own Christmas weekend did not involve as much gorgeous formal wear as the Bishop Holiday Party, nor did it involve the assembling of so many dangerous trick arrows, it has been a bit busy. I recently did a guest spot on the Infinity Film podcast, where we shared our rankings of the MCU series and movies of 2021. Please check that out if you haven't already. That's the Infinity Film Podcast. There will be a link in the show notes. And coming up soon, in addition to the Hawkeye retrospective, I will have my own 2021 year in review for the MCU here at There Was an Idea with a couple of special guests. So look out for that coming soon, as well as an episode in which I talk about my favorite films of 2021, both MCU and not. So a lot of exciting stuff coming up. But as I said, today we are here to focus on the Hawkeye season finale. It may come as no surprise if you listen to the show and you've heard what I've really enjoyed about the series so far and you've heard about the characters that I love, that I also loved this finale. I think it was the MCU Disney Plus series finale that was most consistent with the rest of the episodes. There has not been a weak episode of Hawkeye at all, in my opinion. And even in some of the other series that I overall thought were really successful, there were some ups and downs. This is my favorite finale. I do like it even more than the Loki finale, which I thought was great for how it introduced where the world was going next, specifically with the introduction of He Who Remains, played brilliantly by Jonathan Majors. But here in Hawkeye, this finale felt much more connected to what the series has been all along. This episode is so much fun. I've watched it a few times now. And even though there are some things that if you think about it a little bit too hard, there's some question marks there. Here's a big one. The Ronin suit. They burn it at the end when they go back to the Barton farm, but it didn't burn in Kate's apartment fire. Is this a plot hole? Is this something that we can just hand wave away? I'm not going to choose to focus on it, but... Those are the types of little things that I do kind of scratch my head at a little bit. The stuff with Maya and Kingpin in this episode, which I'll talk a little bit more about, wasn't as strong for me as the Clint and Kate and Yelena stuff, but I'll talk about that in a few minutes. It doesn't detract from the episode for me because I know the Echo series is coming, and I anticipate that some of that will be revisited there. But in part because I love these characters so much, in part because I love everything about the Christmas music and vibe of the series as a whole, but especially this episode with the Rockefeller tree, with the holiday party. I love the way everyone is dressed. I love the moments that evoke some diehard feeling. I love the moments that evoke some Home Alone 
feeling and it made me smile, made me laugh. A few moments even made me tear up a little bit. Some of the more emotional moments in the episode I thought were very effective. And it wrapped up the way that I was hoping it would wrap up all along with Clint Barton arriving home to his family farm with Kate Bishop and the now newly named Lucky the Pizza Dog in tow. Who's here? Tara Kearns, you have been talking so long. I have made nice smelling macaroni for us. What? Who? But Yelena, what are you doing here? You have invited me because I had nowhere to go for Christmas. Have you forgotten already? I, I didn't realize that you were going to come on the podcast today. What pot? I, I thought you have invited me to your talk show. Well, I first off, I have, A, I have not eaten. B, um, this coffee is very nice that I have made. And C, um, I would like to talk with you. you ha- I heard you have many questions for me. Uh, sure, sure. I guess we have a special guest here today. Yelena is in all the way from... Yeah, I mean, I've been here and there. Um, I haven't been home in a while. Uh, What is home these days? Um, But yes, here I am in Connecticut, I've heard. It's been quite nice. And you've done the American Christmas very well, Tara Kearns. I've seen that you have the reindeer that I do enjoy. Um, I also have noticed you have on your on your very nice Christmas tree one of my sister. That's so weird. Where did you find this of my sister? Are you talking about my Black Widow Christmas ornament? If that's what you want to call my sister, sure. I think it came from a store called Hallmark. I have not heard of this store. Do they have one of of me? Well, you know what, Yelena, they should. They should have one of you. Yes, I would think so. You are so funny, Tara Kearns. All right. Well, Yelena, I do need to get back to talking about the Hawkeye season finale. What are you talking of? About the Hawkeye season finale? Is this another one of your friends' talk shows? No, I... I, I put on the microphone, and I talk about the, the TV show. I'm talking about Hawkeye. Are you talking of Clint? Yeah, Clint Barton. He, he's Hawkeye. Mm. Or are you talking of my new friend, Kate Bishop? We are now friends. She has invited me for drinks on Christmas. We did not do, but we will. But we have not done yet. But we are friends. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. And yes, I, we talk on the phone sometimes. It's very nice. She, um, I mean, she doesn't call me. I call her. Um, I call Kate Bishop. Um, she does answer. She does answer. It's nice. We talk. We're friends. Yes, like I said, we're friends now. And I think someday she will save my number to her phone. I think someday she will. I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that you and Kate have developed a friendship. Uh, Kearns, you're just like Kate Bishop. You are so funny, the two of you. You should meet. That would be wonderful. So... When you spent some time in New York, did you see Rogers the Musical? Uh, Tara Kearns, I am not much of a theater person. There's a lot of sitting involved. I'm much of, how you say, I like to move. I like to be on the move, not stay in one place too long. So, no. I think it's a very moving tribute to... Tribute? Natasha and the Avengers. Is it? I think it is. I think it's a lovely tribute to the Avengers. It reminds me a lot about what we talk about here on the podcast, about these heroes. That reminds me, Tara Kearns. One of the reasons, besides your nice invitation to me that I have come, is um, on this talk show. I think I noticed, I listened to one or two of your talk shows, whatever, and I noticed you spend a lot of time talking about all these people that you you, you seem to not have met them before. That is so weird. That you spend so much time talking of them, and you do not know them. Where are you finding this information? Because these, a lot of this information is very important and classified. Well, where do you get your information from, Yelena? You found out an awful lot about Kate Bishop very quickly. Because I'm so talented. 
Well, maybe I can't reveal my sources either then. Darkrins, I feel like we have much to know of each other. I think we do. Yes, I am impressed by your talk show. And I'm seeing you must have lots of people that, that like what you do because I'm seeing you have lots of cups with your face on it. I see lots of shirts with your face on it. And I'm thinking it's so weird that your face is on all of these items. Well, do you think Kate Bishop might like one of the There Was an Idea mugs available now from spring? Link is in the show notes. I heard she doesn't really have much in the way of kitchenware. No, so I'm mean, if 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 her closet is anything like her kitchen, um, she may only have one shirt. So yes, I will in fact take two with me when I go today. Two of the shirts and two of the cups might, with your face. Thank might be you. a nice Christmas gift for your new friend Kate. Okay, that was fun. Okay, so while Yelena excuses herself by dramatically exiting through the window, I'll get back to talking about the big ideas of the Hawkeye season finale. Over the course of the past couple of weeks, one of the things that I've had my eye on is all of the different threads that this story has been following. We have Clint, our titular hero here, Hawkeye. We have Kate, who has found herself under his mentorship and is coming into taking on the the Hawkeye namesake herself. But we've also had Maya Lopez and Kazi and Eleanor Bishop, and Jack, and Yelena, and at the end of episode five, Kingpin, all of these balls thrown in the air, where are they going to land in episode six? Are they going to be successfully juggled? And I would say ultimately for me, the show stuck the landing here in this last episode. And I think the reason why it works for me is because of the underlying thematic ideas that connect these different characters and different storylines in the show. And this is something that I began to articulate with my guest Shannon last week when we talked about what it is that Clint and Maya and Yelena and Kate all have in common. And it's got me thinking about what is the show saying thematically? And ultimately, I think in the Hawkeye season finale and in the Hawkeye series overall, there was an idea about many of the same concepts that have come up in the other phase four MCU installments certainly about grief and trauma and how people process it and how people process it differently and how the choices that people make when experiencing this grief, the choices that people make when confronting their trauma is really what separates a hero from a villain or a hero from someone who is not quite that. And I think that connects also to the overarching theme of purpose, which seems to be very present in phase four, this interrogation of a hero's purpose. And the series has really been about Clint Barton teaching Kate Bishop, teaching her about what it means to be a hero, both directly and indirectly, directly through some of the lessons that he articulates to her in this episode and in others, but then also in just spending time together and Kate having the opportunity to, to really see the sacrifices that come along with being her favorite Avenger. One of the things that I thought originally the show would dig into a bit more is Clint confronting that legacy of his actions as Ronan. And the show definitely did this a little bit. I think early on I was expecting that to go to a bit of a darker place. And I said this in episode four when Kate learned that Clint was Ronan. It seemed like she didn't fully process what that meant or it didn't seem to have much of an effect on the way she saw him, although we see that he's still tortured by it. 
episode five, Yelena is posing some of those tough questions to Kate, getting getting Kate to think about it a little bit more. But here in the finale, we see Kate make the really hard decision to have her mother get sent to jail. This is the loss of a second parent for Kate. And we'll dig into that scene a little bit more in a little while. But she makes this tough decision. Certainly her mom's actions in murdering Armand and in framing her fiance working for Kingpin. This has changed the way that Kate sees her mom. And yet Clint's past as Ronan isn't something that it seems like she is really holding him accountable to in the same way. And I understand that there are differences in what Eleanor was doing versus what Clint was doing as Ronan. But the show didn't fully land on on an answer to this Ronan problem in the way that I thought maybe it would. As I mentioned already, they burn the suit at the end. He says the line, I figured you'd like to help me end what you started. And the suit burns as she starts spouting off potential superhero names for herself. Lady Hawk, Hawk Eve, Hawkshot, Lady Arrow. And this is funny. And then Clint says, you know what, actually I have an idea. And the Hawkeye title card shows up. I thought this was really nice. It's passing of the torch, so to speak, from Clint to Kate of the Hawkeye mantle as it may be. And there's the suggestion of leaving Ronan behind. And I do think that for Clint Barton, that's never going to be really possible. However, I understand that the show didn't want to end on a note of his continuing to be tortured by that. There has to be a level of acceptance and moving on. And obviously, the nice Christmas show ended with a nice family reunion at the farm and a nice bow, pun somewhat intended, on the Clinton-Kate mentorship and friendship here, coming into a real partnership. I think for all of her somewhat misguided enthusiasm and precociousness and naivete, I think Kate I think Kate really has been forced to understand more deeply what she's getting herself into by making this choice to follow in Hawkeye's footsteps. And I want to talk a little bit more about some of the key moments between Clint and Kate here in the finale. First, of course, is after Kate has watched the discussion between her mom and Kingpin on the video that was sent by Yelena, Kate tells Clint, you can go home. You can still make it for Christmas, realizing that this is her problem, her family's problem, and that she wants to be the one to deal with it. And of course, this is when Clint says, Kate, you're my partner. Your mess is my mess. And then to put a finer point on this partnership, one of my favorite scenes in the episode, the awesome Arrow Assembly montage, during which the Christoph Beck score sounds very reminiscent in certain notes to the John Williams music from Home Alone, specifically during the scene in which Kevin McAllister is drawing up his battle plan for the bad guys. And it could just be me. I've seen the Home Alone movies so many times in my life that a lot of things remind me of them. But I couldn't help but think of of that scene here when they were making the arrows, and then also later when they were using the arrows out on the ice rink, some of the kind of humorous, exaggerated ways in which the arrows were harming the tracksuit guys reminded me of Home Alone. There's a really fun nod to the comics run here when Kate is using a label maker to label the different arrows. It's kind of an ongoing bit in my life as a weapon, and that was cute to see here. She's labeling arrows such as airbag, 
Freeze, Flash Bomb, and of course, Too Dangerous. And much like some of my other favorite moments between Kate and Clint in the entirety of this series, we have this moment of bonding, somewhat humorous, and then we get this moment of connection and emotional beat between the two of them. He says, you know you don't have to do this. It is part of the job. It's always inconvenient. It's lonely. You will get hurt. Heroes have to make some tough decisions. So if you're going to do this, I just want to know if you're ready. Clint's here playing the role of the teacher, playing the role of the mentor, playing the role of the hero who is imparting his wisdom to Kate, accepting her now as a partner, accepting her decisions, her choice to be part of this world, but letting her know that she still has that out. You don't have to do this. But if you step out that door, you are an Avenger. He doesn't say that to her, but that's always in the back of my mind as an undertone here, thinking about that moment between him and Wanda in Age of Ultron. And this was a moment I was waiting for in her reply when she talks about how she first learned who he was and why she looks up to him. And she says, when I was younger, aliens invaded. I was alone and I was terrified. But then I saw you fighting aliens with a stick and a string. I saw you jump from that building, even though you can't fly, even though you don't have superpowers. And I thought if he could do that, then I didn't have to be scared. You showed me that being a hero isn't just for people who can fly or shoot lasers out of their hands. It's for anyone who's brave enough to do what's right, no matter the cost. And here we see Kate speaking to why the Hawkeye character resonates with people. We've joked a lot about Clint's branding issue here on this podcast. They joke about it in the show. But this is at the heart of why Clint is a hero. And it really successfully underlines why Kate has looked up to him so much in her life and the type of hero that she wants to be. It also echoes some of the language that we've heard in other MCU installments that answer this question of what it means to be an Avenger. Doing what's right, no matter the cost. And she certainly is learning about the costs here. And then she says, I'm ready. I love everything about the party. Clint and Kate arriving looking so fly in their formal wear. Music is perfect. Rockefeller Christmas tree. We have the trust bro trucks coming in. We get another moment of in the field coaching from Clint to Kate when he's guiding her through assessing the situation. What are our assets? What are our threats? We see that the LARPers are here dressed as the waitstaff, which is a nice touch. I really like the fact that the LARPers were part of this final episode and helped out in the final battle, the final confrontation. Early on in the series, I wasn't entirely sold on them, and I wasn't sure how much I wanted to see more of them or not, but I I actually thought this was a really clever way to include them here. The fact that they are first responders, of course, comes in handy in this crisis, that they're there undercover, that they love role-playing, and I did also think it was very funny when they're trying to direct the civilians out of there in their server's uniforms, and it wasn't working, and so they decided to put on their guild LARPer gear. I found myself enjoying it very much, much more than I thought I would. And of course, the Bishop Holiday Party is where everything comes together. All of the threats are closing in. We have all of our characters being brought together here into the same general physical space. The tracksuit guys are arriving. Kazi is across the way, ready to shoot. Yelena arrives looking like a total boss in her long green coat. One of the LARPers says, want me to check your coat? She just says, no, thank you. She's an icon. We have Jack here. Jack's out of jail already, as Kate says, and nothing phases that guy. He's here talking with Armand the Seventh again, this little kid. Don't entirely know what his deal is or why he's back, but 
it is what it is. I really like Jack throughout the series. I felt like he was not going to actually be a bad guy, that he was going to just be a somewhat sketchy, entitled, rich dude who ultimately is just not super bright, but means really, really well. And that's what we see of him here. I love that he gets involved and uh, we see him wielding his sword and doing some harm to the bad guys. So it was great to see Jack here. And then, of course, Eleanor rolls up. The music is fantastic as she arrives. We see the Christmas tree. She comes in and Kate grabs her and says that she's saving her life, that her business partner wants her dead, shows her the cell phone video. And Eleanor says she was blindsided when Kate's dad died and that he had owed that monster, meaning Kingpin, so much money. This is when Kazi starts shooting and Clint is running along the windows, telling people to get down, which is an awesome shot. And we have a really telling moment between Kate and her mom. Eleanor tells her, don't go out there. It's too dangerous. We know that Eleanor really cares for her daughter. She says earlier on in the episode in that confrontation with Kingpin, she says that she needs to draw the line now that her daughter is getting close to all of this, which of course Kingpin says there's no lines in this business. But we see that despite the fact that it is not going to be great news for her. Eleanor makes this decision that she wants to protect Kate, so she wants to get out of this business with Kingpin. But it's so important when Kate says, you're the reason it's dangerous out there, mom. And then later on, after Kate has been able to temporarily get Kingpin out of the way, she's talking with her mom again. Her mom says, we're going to put all of this behind us. We'll all go back to normal. And Kate says in a moment of important realization, it's never been normal, mom. I think part of me has always known that. Eleanor says, this was just an unfortunate arrangement and now it's over. This is when Kate says, killing Armand, hiring an assassin to kill Clint, framing your own fiance, that's an unfortunate arrangement. And Eleanor says, that's how the world works. I've protected you from it. You may not have known what was going on, but I did it for you. I know what it's like to have nothing and you can't handle it. To which Kate asks, how do you know what I can handle? Her mom says, I know you. I know that you think you can live life without consequences, just like your father, but someone has to clean things up. Someone has to take responsibility. And that's when Kate says, you're right. And the police officers come and arrest Eleanor. And not to undermine the emotional weight of this, this relationship between Kate and her mom, the reasons why Eleanor did what she did, the way that this discussion really shatters any illusions that Kate may have had about her mom and her dad. But then Eleanor says a line that I think is just so funny, and Vera Farmiga delivers it with such a, an air of camp that I just really love it so much. And she says, is this what heroes do? Arrest their mothers on Christmas? This is going to be a classic go-to line for me in the future, any way that I can use it. And speaking of some of the really delightful, funny stuff in the episode, we have, once again the wonderful Yelena Belova, and the banter and chemistry between Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh on display here. So funny. So good. I love how Kate immediately clocks Yelena, goes after her. I know you're chummy with my mom, but I didn't think you'd make the cut for the Christmas party. Hilarious. Yelena, so many good lines, but when she says, I'm just here to kill Barton, have some appetizers, and then I'll go. Kate says, I hope you enjoy the bruschetta because it looks like you already lost him. Fantastic stuff. The whole bit in the elevator with Kate sneaking on, trying to trying to touch all the buttons so that Kate can't get to the floor where Clint is at. And Yelena slapping her hand away. The two of them tussling in the elevator. 
Kate slapping Yelena across the face, knowing that at any minute Yelena could totally take Kate out, but that she's not trying to, that she finds it annoying, but that she doesn't actually want to hurt Kate. I love the shots as we see them fight through the various offices in the Rockefeller Center building and they're going through like they're going through the radio station and the other offices and we see it as kind of a, a a side scroll. I'm not sure what camera technique that's called, but I really think it's it's very effective. Love Kate saying it's Christmas Eve, let's grab a drink. And Yelena's like, okay, yeah, sure. After I kill Barton. It's so it's so funny. Stop making me like you. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Delightful stuff. And I cannot wait to see more of Kate and Yelena together in the MCU. Another big moment from Kate after she sees Yelena once again dramatically fling herself out of a window that Kate decides that she's going to scale down the building. Well, I wouldn't say she scales it very well. She kind of half falls, jumps, scales it. We have some more shenanigans with Clint getting stuck in the Christmas tree. This was a little bit bizarre, but it sets up the moment of Kate shooting down the tree, which calls back to the moment in the first episode when she shoots the bell slash clock tower. I really, really, really thought when Clint was in the tree that we might see Spider-Man swing by. I was hoping for it. Thinking about it, I don't know if MCU Disney Plus would even be able to use Spider-Man here with the deal they have with Sony, but it would have been great. No, I mean, knowing that Spider-Man was swinging around while the Rockefeller Center tree was up, knowing that he's in New York at the same time. I was really hoping for just a moment of visual connection to that here, but alas, what can you do? Instead, we see Clint interacting with an owl who is also in, in the tree. So all of this is a bit ridiculous, but incredibly fun. I mentioned before the home alone nature of Clint and Kate out on the ice shooting all of the different types of arrows at the tracksuit guys. We have the electromagnetic shield arrow and the pepper spray arrow and the freeze arrow going up the guy's leg. That felt very home alone to me. The arrow that shoots into somebody and then lets off a bunch of little smaller arrows or barbs of something bad. That was interesting. Uh, of course, the Pym arrow, which shrinks the trusted bro van and then gets carried away by the owl. So some ridiculous stuff here, but ridiculous in the perfect way. It, fits the, it felt to me like it fit the tone of, of what this series has been and didn't undermine the emotional beats for me. Kate and Clint look awesome fighting together out on the ice wearing their new suits. Kate is so excited that he wore it, and uh, that's pretty sweet. Also, we have a lot of red tracksuit guys here, but also some green tracksuit guys here, which is uh, fitting for the Christmas tableau, Christmas color scheme, I suppose. Don't know where all of these other tracksuit guys came from, but I'll, I'll take it. So Kate and Clint coming together for this awesome fight scene, but then splitting apart. And this is where at the same time now we have Kate going off and trying to find her mom, confronting Kingpin. We have Clint, who is going to have his confrontation with Yelena. And then we have Maya, who comes back into things and confronts Kazi. So we'll talk a little bit about Maya first. Earlier in the episode, she's gone to Kingpin and she's asked for some time off. She has told him that she's come to her senses. She's, go she's going to stop chasing ghosts. Of course, we don't get too much of Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin in this episode, but what we do get is wonderful. He is a very imposing presence when he says, I love you to her. I took it as you, he means it. They have this familial connection, but that also he's saying that knowing that it's going to be the last time and that's it, that he is going to get her. 
After she leaves, he says, we have Ronan running around and Avenger has taken an interest in our business. The Bishop woman thinks she can quit her job as if it's Goldman Sachs, which is great. And Maya, my Maya, she's turned on us. What will we do about it? The people need to be reminded that the city belongs to me. He's saying all this to Kazi. So we know that he's going to go after Maya. Then Maya was packing up, looking at photos of her dad and of Kazi. She comes to Kazi. He says, you should have left. You know what I have to do. And she doesn't want to kill him. She says, let's leave it all behind together. He says, this is my life. It wasn't supposed to be your life. And of course, Maya ends up killing Kazi here. I think Kazi has been a great character on the show. I really enjoyed the performance by Frafi. I've also really enjoyed Alakwa Cox's performance as Maya. And I was hoping that we'd see more of Kazi in the Echo series, although it does certainly seem as if he's dead here. Maybe we will see him in flashback. This is a big moment for Maya, right, to kill or be killed by someone who's been important to her for her entire life, someone who she has this deep connection with, whether it's familial or somewhat romantic, I couldn't tell. But turning on Kingpin, who was like family to her, being forced to turn on Kazi when he won't leave with her, this is reminiscent of Kate turning on her own mom. So there's some really interesting thematic stuff here. This bit did feel a little bit rushed here in the finale, but knowing we have the Echo series coming up, I feel okay about that. And may as well just mention it here as well that, of course, that scene in the end when Maya approaches Kingpin after Kingpin has clearly recovered from whatever small damage Kate may have been able to do. He says, we're family. Sometimes family doesn't see eye to eye. And then she shoots him. But we do not see him die or see his body. So I'm assuming he will be back in the Echo show. I've talked with a couple of people who were not entirely happy with the depiction of Kingpin here because I haven't gotten this far yet, but I know in the Marvel Daredevil series, which is rated TVMA, Kingpin is very, very scary, um, brutal even, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. And here, this is a very different tone in this show. It's the MCU Disney Plus world of PG-13. So I am curious to hear more from folks who... From, from folks who may have a different opinion on whether or not this was effective, because to me, I didn't have it much to compare it to. I don't know the extent to which the writers and performers were presupposing audience knowledge of, of the Kingpin character in Daredevil, in Daredevil, how much it was supposed to be similar or not to that portrayal. So all I'll, I'll leave it as is to say that I certainly am looking forward to seeing more of Kingpin, both in going back and watching the Daredevil show and then also in where he may end up in the MCU in the future. I do like how it was very clear that Kate could not overpower Kingpin. She shoots an arrow at him and it just basically bounces off his Hawaiian shirt and um, he breaks all of her other arrows. He's clearly so much stronger than her. I like when they're in the FAO Schwartz toy store and she kind of just ends up getting lucky. She's able to pull the coin flick trick with a cuff link on the floor and the arrows explode and are able to temporarily knock him down. But otherwise, she really wouldn't have stood a chance. And finally, one of the things that I was looking for when the show began was in getting a, a deeper relationship with Clint Barton. I was hoping for some exploration of what I imagined he would be suffering as some survivor's guilt over what happens between him and Natasha in Endgame. And I really appreciate the way that this show has really 
allowed Natasha's presence to be felt, not just as a big Black Widow fan, but because I feel like this is something the MCU needed. We've felt the presence of Tony and of Steve in other installments. I'm glad that we're feeling the presence of Natasha here and just how much the weight of her loss would have on both Clint and on Yelena, of course. And so seeing Yelena and Clint here, obviously fighting, she's been sent to kill him, but seeing how they are then able to connect over their love for Natasha and the love that she had for both of them is really lovely. And I I wouldn't have changed anything about this moment of closure between Yelena and Clint. There may be some other stuff in the finale that I can kind of wave my hand at and say, huh, this is a little bit head scratching, but I'm having a great time, so be it. But the stuff with Clint and Kate really, really landed emotionally for me. And as I said, I'm just so glad that the show dealt with Clint coming to terms. Not that he can ever really come to terms with her loss, but some of the things that he says to Elena when they talk about it, I think are things that he needed to hear for himself as well. You know, he tells her she sacrificed herself to save the world. At, f- at first, she doesn't believe him. She's about to kill him. She does the whistle. And then we hear the whistle in response coming from Clint. She says, how do you know that? He says, it was your secret whistle with Nat. She talked about you all the time. She told me how you got separated as kids. She was flying that plane. I asked her if she was scared. And she... All she could think about is that you were safe. That never changed Elena. She loved you, always wanted you safe. And when she says you got so much time with her, that really hit me. She said it shouldn't have gone this way. If I was there, I could have stopped it. I could have changed it. And Clint, he was the one who was there, who he must have been feeling this all along. I should have stopped it. I should have changed it. He tells Elena a little bit prior to this in, in, in this in the episode, I fought her for it, but she was better than me. And he says here... Nothing was going to stop her. You know, Natasha, she made her choice. We're going to have to find a way to live with that. I loved her so much. Me too. And again, here echoing this idea of making choices, heroes making choices. I love the way this got wrapped up. And then Elena walks off. I don't think she's ready to spend any more time with Clint or Kate right now, but I hope someday in the future she will again. What an episode. What a show. There's more to say, and I will say more when I do my series or season retrospective. When the episode ended on that title card saying Hawkeye, I was feeling real good. And then I'm thinking to myself, all right, there's got to be a mid-credits, post-credits scene here, right? It's the season finale. Are we going to get some type of announcement for a season two? Are we going to get a teaser for the Echo series? Are we going to see Yelena again? But no, we see Happy Holidays from Marvel Studios and the delightful gift of the full-length performance of Save the City from Rogers the Musical, which I loved. I don't think that this was unanimously embraced as the post credit scene. It didn't feel like entirely new content, but I thought it was a lovely treat to top off what has been a delightful series. If you enjoyed this brief take on episode six of Hawkeye, you can follow the podcast at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Special thanks to Karina McMahon, who appeared on the episode today as Yelena in a completely improvised and delightfully bizarre performance. Artwork created by Brooke Pender, who you can find on Instagram at delta.mush, and music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned coming up for a reflection retrospective episode on the Hawkeye series for a 2021 MCU year in review and for TK's top 10 movies of 2021.